it's too fucking big and it's too fucking loud. This is We Have Concerns. <laughs> Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Anthony, it's that time once again when I would like to submit to you oh, via no. our wonderful listeners who have submitted this to me for your consideration, Anthony, a potential Chronicles of a Badass. Oh, Hit my that dear. music. Wait, we I don't, don't have any. We don't have any music for that. Okay. I don't have any music. We barely have video right now. You're, you're asking, <laughs> you're asking me for a lot. <laughs> Chronicles of a Badass is our occasional recurring segment where I try to convince Anthony that someone has done something unique or interesting or worthy of uh, praise. And Anthony almost invariably tells me, eh, not really. Well, you, well, it's it's just inevitably connected. So much badassery, Jeff, is so inevitably connected to stupidity. Yes, yes. You see, you get it. <laughs> I, hmm, I guess I do. <laughs> I guess I do, and I, it's just we just have two very different views of it. <laughs> <laughs> this week's Chronicles of a Badass submission comes to us from one of our most frequent, most stalwart. Submitters, Z Synergy Mansfield. Woo! Synergy, always doing that work, doing the work and posting on our Discord. Our Discord, of course, exclusive to patrons at any level, even just a single dollar a month gets you access to our Discord. Uh, and this is the story of a man. Patreon.com slash we have concerns. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I, got, I, forgot that. I forgot that part. A man named Robbie Silk. Robbie Silk is a pioneer. I like that. I like that name already, though. Right? Smooth like Robbie Silk. Robbie Silk is definitely, is definitely an R&B artist. <laughs> hey, ladies, it's Robbie Silk. How you doing? Robbie Silk. <laughs> Robbie Silk is a pioneer. In the world of sports, Anthony, I know that's not something we usually cover a lot here on We Have Concerns, but I submit to you, mm. Robbie Silk has a vision, a vision for a brand new extreme sport. He is the first and let's be honest right now, only competitor in a sport he's calling competitive sitting. Huh. Now, <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of on board for this one. I think. <laughs> All right. All because right. I, I picked you already. Because I, I feel like I've maybe already been doing it. <laughs> You've been training your whole life for this one. <laughs> this is sort of. I mean, I it, I don't say I'm a natural at many things. <laughs> you know, I don't believe that people are just born with talent, Jeff. Right. But. Right. I I might be the guy for this. Some people are born great. Some have greatness thrust upon them. Others have just been sitting idly by waiting for greatness to arrive. And and baby, it apparently did. <laughs> yes, this is extreme chair sitting. So what Robbie Silk does is he takes himself a chair. It's a folding chair, not a not an uncomfortable folding chair. He's got himself uh, kind of a, kind of a fancy chair. It's a, it's a, a comfy kind of one of those chairs that you take, uh, you camping or something. Um, and he goes to extreme locations in the world, deserts, the Antarctic, and he sits in his chair okay. from, from sun up to sun down. The chair, by the way, is a, Helionox, or excuse me, Helinox, Helinox, Helinox. I don't know this. Have you heard of a Helinox chair? No, but I'm I'm an amateur, so I don't know what all the pros use. Yeah, you got to get into, you got to get sponsorships, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Uh, Helinox, H-E-L-I-N-O-X chairs, his chair of choice. Lightweight, foldable. He brings it to extreme locations and he sits in the chair from sun up to sundown. Now, here's the kicker, Anthony. Here's the, 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 where it takes it from, you know, just somebody that sits to a 
professional athlete. He, of course, these are very extreme conditions, extreme heat, extreme cold, Mm -hmm. but he does not allow himself any timepieces. No way to keep track of how long he's been there. No screens, no, no watch, no way to know how long he's lasted. Only an observation of the sun as it moves across the sky. This is very, this is very old school meditation of him. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that's you know? kind of, he, he claims that's where he got the inspiration. Evidently, he was reading a, a book uh, back in the 90s. He Humble was brag. What's that? Humble brag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can all read books, right? Yeah, I've read can. a book. Yeah. Uh, On tape. <laughs> he, uh, he was reading this book and in the book, uh, what's the name of the book? He says it here. Anyway, he, he was reading this, this book when he was on vacation and it talks about a man who was waiting for something to arrive. And the, the person says, what if it takes a week? And the man replies, I'll wait. And he thought, hmm. oh, this, this is, the book is called The Hodge, H-A-J, Hodge, The Hodge, a novel okay. by American author Leon Uris, Uris, U-R-I-S. Uh, so the man says, I'll wait. And <clears throat> this made our friend, Mr. Silk, contemplate this notion of what if, what if we could all just say, fuck you to time? Because let's be honest, we're all sort of slaves to time. What I if mean, we can, if Robbie Silk imagined a world where time is of no consequence? I mean, when you say, what if we could, what if we could just get, kind of give a fuck you to time? I think there are, I think there are cooler ideas on how to do that, or at least <laughs> splashier ideas on how to do it. Sure. Um, but yeah, I do. There, it is, it is sort of a power move in today's society to just sit. Yeah. Which is why I'm such a powerful figure. <laughs> yes, exactly. People have noted your uh, immense power by your uh, that number guy doesn't of hours do anything. <laughs> what is? I mean, he's got to do something eventually, right? No, he never does. No. Wow. What, what power? What about his potential? Doesn't matter. Squandered, wasted. <laughs> he does not realize it. Yeah. Less and less of it every day. So what? Yeah. Uh, so he goes. He goes to places that are uncomfortable yes. to sit in. To sit and then in. he sits. Yes. How long correct. does he sit? How, and he just sits for like one day? Like what does he do? His, his does, record is 14 hours, 27 minutes, I believe. Uh, the, I'll tell you the first time he did it. So this is in the 90s. He reads the book. He's inspired. He goes to the Sedona Desert in Arizona and says, I'm going to try this for the first time. He sits. Uh, and he lasted three hours uh, before leaving. He cowered. He, he uh, attributes the failure of the first attempt to, quote, bloating from copious amounts of cheese he'd eaten the night before. Mm, he, so, wasn't you know, on we, a, he wasn't on an athletic regimen. We, we all have a journey to uh, our athletic peak. You know what I'm saying, Anthony? We all we don't you don't start running a three hour marathon. You know what I'm saying? No, especially not after you've eaten a bunch of cheese. <laughs> I mean, some, I mean, I, I suppose some people might, but feels like the incorrect way. So just sitting around in the sun for three hours with a, with a tummy full of cheese was, was his first experience with this. Yeah. And also a story that you decided to share with me trying to get this guy into a Chronicles of a Badass. Well, I'm just saying that that is his humble beginnings. This is a, sure. you don't, you don't start. A badass, right? No. We all have a journey. And this was, this is his, his origin story, Anthony. This was, you know, the first, first, you, first time you walk on the baseball field, maybe you don't hit a home run. You know what I'm saying? He, he, uh, he tried it. He experimented with his idea mm-hmm. and he, and he had to go back to the drawing board and go, what, what am I doing wrong? Perhaps it was the cheese. the cheese. It yeah. was the cheese. It was, it was, you know, maybe it was the cheese. And it, if, and if I, I had to guess, <laughs> well, you guessed really quickly. It took Robbie um, two decades <laughs> to try it again. 
He, whoa, wait. <laughs> I mean, he did it once. He ate too much cheese <laughs> and said, fuck this. I'm never doing it again for 20 years. I, it doesn't go into it, but I think we can surmise the cheese incident was much more intense than originally. You know, 20 years. <laughs> he got a, he got bloated from eating too much cheese and he walked away from the sport. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like many Michael other Jordan. great athletes. Think about yeah. it. Like Michael That's, Jordan, you know, he went and tried baseball and, uh, you know, left and then he came back to basketball with his true calling, you know, where right, he's the greatest. Right. And then at the end of the last dance, they talk about how he had a, he had a single cheese plate <laughs> towards the end of his career and said, I can't anymore. Right. He's like, I've done basketball. Then I did baseball. I'm back to basketball. I've been in films. I've been in, but now it's time to retire because my tummy <laughs> is doing a grumble. That's right. From too That's many right. soft cheeses. <laughs> a man so, who walks away from, from, from his feet, uh, because he ate too many soft cheeses, Jeff. That's not a badass. Well, I'm just saying he came back to it 20 years later, mm. uh, in 2019. He decided to try again, this time in Joshua Tree, okay. the national park there. And uh, he said, you know what? I'm going to do the sitting thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hard. He, you know, smartly avoided some cheese. He sat there uh, with, in direct sunlight, 360 degree view. He had a uh, long sleeve shirt on for the SPF protection, long pants, hiking boots, a hat, a shawl for his neck, and uh, some jerky. Chunks okay. of fresh watermelon, energy bars, and two gallons of water. And then he, he lasted for 14 hours. Sure. Does he, well, now, does he get up, does he get up to pee? He is he does. allowed to take, he's now, allowed to take breaks for that. This is where I find the most objection to the concept here, because he does get up to stretch his legs. He does get up to relieve himself. And now here's the part that I'm, I, I, I don't feel comfortable with, and I know you're going to make a lot of, about this. It says that uh, at least twice during the 14 hours, he dozed off. Now, see, you're right. And because <laughs> Jeff, now that he's, do now that he has dozed off, now yeah. that that is part of this, yeah. There is no difference between this man and me when my phone goes dead on a plane. <laughs> there is yeah. literally no difference. I, me getting caught with my phone battery dead somewhere is this guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think that if, if, if Robbie wants this, this sport to catch on, he's going to have to cut out the sleep, you know? The sleep. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say, I think there are some people that would say he's getting up to go to the bathroom. He's getting up to do this like he shouldn't. Like, that's not extreme. I'm saying, here's the thing. He's not uh, that horrible David Blaine. He's right. not David Blaine. Yeah. He's no, not, this you is know. Not, this is not a self-torture thing. This is not about, no. you know, trying to do something. He, he doesn't want, he's not out there to hurt himself. He even All the athletes get to pee during halftime. Exactly. Name me an athlete that doesn't pee. Michael <laughs> Jordan. He doesn't pee. You got to watch the last dance, man. I'm telling I, I, you, there was a lot of, there was a lot of cool stuff in there. The cheeses, he doesn't <laughs> urinate. Like it was I watched, wild. I just watched the memes of him looking at an iPad. I just thought that was the whole show. I mean, it's most of it, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, it's most of it. And the, and also that he's um, just a terrible guy to know. But mm. here's the thing. <laughs> the, the peeing, all that stuff, that's fine. Yeah. But this is literally like, I don't know, man. There's, there's something about this. I don't, putting this out there as an extreme sport is a strange angle to take. And I want to know if that's his take or if that is Atlas Obscura's take on right. this article because it's not an extreme sport. Is he, this is, this is something that people do at like meditation retreats. This is something, man, I've watched old people do this nonstop. <laughs> it's like this old people's go-to thing dude at the end like look towards the end we're all extreme sitting <laughs> yes yes you know what it's, i mean it's, it's really more of a necessity than anything else but yes and so and like and even in the beginning of our life think about like uh think about babies and stuff they're just doing it 
Oh, you like, think there could be a whole like youth division in this sport? Is that what you're suggesting? I, I think I think youth athletes get really mistreated, and I I wouldn't want to, you know. <laughs> and, and that's the other thing is like I don't want to put that stress on them to where to where they have the mental stress where they peak at like nine months and then they yeah. feel horrible for the rest of their lives because Falls it's like from there. Yeah, exactly. And they lose um, all their sponsors at, at mm-hmm. ten months. You know, that's rough. Little, they got to take off their little their tiny little Valvoline jackets. <laughs> I just, I just think that like, if it's him that's presenting this as an extreme sport, he's a bit delusional. If it is Atlas Obscura that's doing it, that's something different. If he's like, I just want to test, this is more of like an endurance. It's not an extreme sport. It's sort of like a, a, a mental endurance test. It's something where like, I'm trying to clear my head. I'm trying to get out there more with nature. Yeah. I'm trying to feel more connected to things. All of that stuff I buy, I believe, I think it's wonderful. The disconnecting, the um, the not being afraid to take a little time uh, to just chill. I, like, I love all of these things. Taking control of that, I love it. Extreme sport, yeah. get fucked. <laughs> well- this article does point out that there has been a sport similar to this that has been practiced for hundreds of years, or at least a hundred years. Uh, is this the, oh, is this the? But wait, no, go, go. This is a, a Dutch sport called Paulsitten. I'm sure I, I'm, I'm mispronouncing oh, that, but it's Paulsitten. Pol- yeah, po- pole sitting. I've seen pole this. Pole sitting. Yes. Yeah, dude. And, sometimes I think I'm. Sometimes. I think I'm fluent in Dutch. <laughs> they they have so many cognates. Yeah. Like sometimes people I mean, will be talking, if people will be speaking Dutch, and I'll just be like, I'm pretty sure I got most of that. And then other times yeah. I'm like, this is the most fucked language I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> sometimes Dutch is it feels like it's just an accent. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're saying just English words, but you're saying them for Yeah, you said pole sitting, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> you got me the language is fake we only speak we only speak four languages not five uh, we you got like us up. we're um, actually dumb we only speak four languages but pole sitting is a competitive sport where it, this feels more like something that is unusual enough to be considered a sport like no offense to Robbie Silk here but uh, if you look at pictures of pole sitting, it they put poles in water. Yeah. And it's a and it's literally a, a tiny pole sticking up out of the water with a little circular seat on it. There's no back to the seat. It's just a little platform on a pole in water. And the reason they do it in water is so if anybody falls asleep, they fall into water. Yeah. Now that's a sport I could watch. You know, that's not just a sport. That's also a Japanese game show. (laughs) And I can't (laughs) like I, I actually love that because there is some endurance to that. Right. Because you're up on top of this pole. It's very, there's no, there's no back. There's, it's an uncomfortable position. You're up there over water. You've, once you fall, it's over. There's no dozing. There's no dozing. Dozing equals loss. That's, that's, I mean, that's how Robbie Silk's sport should be. Dozing equals you lose disqualification immediate, you know? Yeah, because there's one thing, there's the thing of like trying to keep a meditative state for a long period of time while you're feeling your human body like, oh, I've been sitting in this one position for hours. I have to sort of ignore that pain. I've been, I'm very tired, but I can't go to sleep. I have to just sit and be like all of that. Once, once you're dozing, Dude, that's just like you ever you've you ever taken a vacation yeah. and there's like a nice view from yeah. where you're staying or like there's a pool and you fall asleep at the pool? Yeah, no, that's just vacation. You're right. That's just what you're doing is just vacation, dog. Robbie Silk is just going out to really interesting vacation spots and relaxing. It says like his longest time was in Joshua Tree. Man, I've said the difference between me and Robbie Silk and Joshua Tree is I had like a beer. Yes. Like I was sitting with a beer and I was looking at the desert and I was like, this is pretty dope. <laughs> this is pretty, this is pretty dope. And also I probably like packed fewer provisions than he did because I'm bad at planning. <laughs> Less jerky. Less jerky. Yeah. Probably not as much water, but probably got in the car and drove. Cause like no matter where you are in Joshua tree, you're like 20 minutes from like somewhere you can get snacks. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't know, Jeff. I don't know about badassery. Not a badass. I don't think so. Probably I, Silk. I, 
mm, I enjoy, I enjoy this. If he's really trying to make it, if he's really trying to make it a competitive sport, I think there's something interesting to that. But it seems like he's just chilling. And Atlas Obscura wanted to make this into a sports story. Let's let's brainstorm a way to turn this into a sport. Do you think it has any potential? I mean, I think pole sitting, pole sitting, is uh, is pretty close to what I would say competitive sitting should be. Yes, there should be. Okay, if this is being done on like a regular height chair or something, or like a stool of some kind, number one, immediately take away. I'm looking at this picture of Robbie Silk here, and I got to tell you, Jeff, this dude is just, he is living the life on a comfy chair. Like if yeah. we look at this, if we look at this chair, it is, that's a, that's a 45 degree recline. It, yeah. It, if I look at a picture of you competing in your sport, and it is indistinguishable from my uncle on vacation. That's a problem. That's a right? problem. So immediately we have to, there, I think balance has to be a part of this. Mm, let's work, yes. let's work the core. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Let's get you on, you know, have you ever, have you ever had uh, somebody like a doctor or a physical therapist give you one of those like balance boards and they're like round? Oh Yeah. And you have to like figure out for your for your core and your back how to stand without the balance board falling and you yeah, don't. Yeah. And so you never do it again. And when your doctor asks, you go, yeah, the exercises are doing well. <laughs> yeah, that's it's like a, it's like paddle boarding on land, basically. Yes, that's. And so I think what we need is we need some sort of a chair that allows you maybe you're sitting cross legged. Uh, I, I don't know. Cross-legged on its own is something that becomes uncomfortable after a certain amount of time. Maybe, maybe there's no prescribed posture, but you are on an, you are on a wobbly platform. So if you yeah. do want to reposition, that's going to be, that's going to be a little tough. Yeah. Something that, something that you can get better at over time. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I and, like that. Um, I think obviously sleeping is right out. Sleeping, exactly. is, sleeping, sleeping is has right to be out. the first disqualification factor. Like that's just come on, come on. Yeah, come the on, two big ones should be you lose balance on the chair. Yeah, or you fall asleep, which will right. also cause you to lose balance on the chair. But I do think there should be a specific rule about right. sleeping, just in no. case somehow you manage to sleep and stay balanced. Now the vectors that Robbie tracks to make mm-hmm. to 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 determine degree of difficulty are temperature and length of day. And he says it's tricky because the farther you go north during the summer solstice, the longer the day is, Mm -hmm. but the temperatures tend to decrease. So you, one factor goes up, but the other goes down. Right. Now I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go back to the, the venerable Japanese game show industry for this one, Jeff. And I think the weather needs to be a little extreme as well. I think it, I think you're right. If if it needs to be either very cold or very hot, yeah. You know, length That's of day is doing. That's what Robbie's yeah. doing. He he said he got icicles on his chair in Antarctica. You know, he did this in Antarctica. Yeah, the, I, I mentioned that. he did. He started with deserts. Yeah, and then he went to Antarctica. Wow. Yeah. How long that did he last in Antarctica? Because that's basically a that a, the sun never sets. Is the sun never set in Antarctica? I mean, mostly it doesn't. Uh, yeah, he, um, let's find, let's see if they have any stats for his Antarctica trip. Uh, he, uh, he went like, <laughs> he went with a, uh, a tour group. Mm-hmm. And he My asked, sister just did one of those. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, you, did you see Robbie Silk? I don't know. <laughs> I should ask. She, uh, yeah, the, the scenic eclipse cruise ship mm. is what he went out on. Uh, and uh, Jonathan Furman, who was the uh, the the guy who was there to help passengers get onto and off of the island uh, in Ar- Antarctica from the cruise ship, said uh, it was weird. This guy brought a chair with him, and then he just sat there all day. Uh, so I thought, quote, why not? Yeah, you know, first uh, the first. None of first- this is an interesting story. Isn't that wild? <laughs> None of this is an interesting story at all. Like this tour guide was like, this guy wanted to sit, and so I was like, yeah, okay, sit. What? That's your story, man. This is this is extreme sit- chair sitting's first live audience. 
That's what that is. And let me tell you something. They were into it clearly. <laughs> this is this is really people were hype. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think yes. If if the weather is extreme like that, does I mean does length of day I don't think we're going to run into problems with length of day as much. Like you should not run into a problem with length of day. If this is a competitive sport, um we should not have to worry about whether the day is nine or 14 hours. Like, yeah, because, because the loss of balance or comfort should probably happen sooner than that. <laughs> I do like the fact that you can't check how long you've been there unless you can read the sun in the sky. I like the idea of not having, <clears throat> excuse me, not having any time keeping devices. I think that's, I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. I think that I have adds to do the that. level of difficulty. I have to do that. We've talked about this before. I have to do that when I jog. Otherwise I look at otherwise I look at the clock to see how long I've been jogging every right. seven seconds. Because it's unpleasant. Yes. And I'm just like, oh my God, is it how much oh my God, it's only been another fifteen seconds. And I have to stop myself from counting in my head too. Yes. Yes. I do that with um like sit-ups and push-ups. Mm-hmm. If if I know how many I think I can do, I won't and I count, I won't be able to do more than I think I can do. You know what I mean? Now that's an interesting thing. Have you ever never experienced that? If I, I mean, if I, I count if them as the I number, do them, because otherwise, how do you quantify? Well, no, I do that. But if I think it's weird, I'm like, oh, I'm going. I think I can beat my my limit, and then I'm like, oh, and I get right close to it, and then all of a sudden, my it gets way hard. And I I got to imagine you cho- you that's choke. just you t- they talk about that in the last dance. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a mental game. It is a mental game. Yeah, it is a mental game. <laughs> that's that's the thing is you got you got to the point you got to the point of uh, of competition, and you choked in the moment. Yeah, I just I need my Scotty Pippen of pushups. You know, that's what you need. Yeah. You got to have a Scotty Pippen of pushups. I um, yeah, I I definitely get that sometimes too. Particularly like if I'm doing if I'm doing like third set of something, and the third set is just do as many as you can until you tire out, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's like. I'm like, okay, well, I'll do, you know, you know, in the last set I did, I only did eight. So it it would be crazy that for me to be able to do eight, because that's, (laughs) this is more, this is more weight and I'm more tired. And it's like, you're like, so yeah, I do kind of psych myself out in those ways. I mean, that's one of the things that I find fascinating about this is I think my brain would go to the point where it's like, can I tell the time by the sun? Am I able to see how right. long I've been here? Yeah. Let me look at the length of my shadow. I feel like it's been a couple of, like stopping yourself from doing that in a situation like this. Yeah. Like stopping your, I mean, that's the thing is it, it has to be like a mindset thing. And that, that's what I think is interesting about this. Like, fuck this count, couching it as an extreme sport. What this guy is doing is he's changing his mindset to where it's like, no, this isn't unpleasant. Anything I do is pleasant because I choose to do it. Right. Which is like a huge, which is a huge point of all of this mindfulness practice stuff. Um, and it is hard to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he's basically doing a meditation retreat where people go and sit for hours at a time. He's just doing it outside in really harsh conditions, you know? All right. Well, which good is for not, him. not, not easy. No, no, but it's easier than doing literally anything else in those conditions. <laughs> It's true. So I mean, true. you know, You're if not, I was playing, not. if I was, if I was tossing, if you and I were tossing a frisbee back and forth, yeah, you know, not even extreme. Like if you and I were just having fun, like just tossing a frisbee back and forth. I don't toss a frisbee unless it's extreme. Anthony. No, I, I, I respect that, but I'm just that's why I'm saying this is a hypothetical. Oh, okay, I get like it. I understand that you only, you only extreme frisbee. Yeah, yeah, you only, you only really do the extreme disc throwing and of course yeah but i mean i'm saying imagine if we were doing it as like a child right back and forth yes uh we would be doing a more extreme sport than him if we were next to him anywhere that we're next to him and standing up we're (laughs) doing something more extreme than him that's true yeah you know Uh uh-huh uh-huh so that's that's where my that's where my questioning of this is an extreme sport comes from well that's all Here's where I think he's a badass. I'll just lay my, my final uh, hypothesis here. And you've already, you've already sort of debunked it because your opinion is that it's really Atlas Obscura that's kind of making this you know, thing. But uh, 
it, I, I think it's badass for anybody to be like, I'm pioneering a new sport. I'm doing something nobody else has done before. Mm-hmm. And I think it can catch on. Here we go. Like, I think that's pretty badass. Yeah. And particularly for it to be this silly. I think that's, that's double <laughs> yeah. badass is to yes. like not back down. He's right. like that guy on Shark Tank who had that weird, that weird paddle ball sport. <laughs> but he was like, this is the game of the future. And everybody's like, this is ridiculous. You're a fool. <laughs> yeah. 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 So he's a, a, if you're saying a badass in that way, once again, we brush up against my thing of like, most of these require a certain amount of stupidity. Yes. Which is my favorite part of them. You yeah, know, I don't know. To me, you really need to be. <laughs> have a complete lack of self-awareness. Now, know? lack of self-awareness and stupidity are two different things. And I yeah, will say they're that- related. They're related. As, <laughs> as an award-winning science podcast, <laughs> we have to put a little bit more respect. Mm. We have to remove stupidity from being a badass. I feel like that's our job as a science podcast. But it's so much fun to look at stupid people. Yeah, sure. But I don't call them badass. Listen, what do y'all okay. think? Right. You can let us know. Uh, on the Discord, obviously, uh, to join that, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash we have concerns. You can tweet at us. I don't look at a lot of tweets. Twitter's a bad place, but you know, you can do it. Uh, and you know, also, we want to let you know that if you have a Chronicles of a Badass entry, please send it to us either at oh, yes. we have concerns show at gmail.com, leave it on the Discord, uh, whisper it into a bird's ear. <laughs> And tell it, tell it, hurry to Colorado. <laughs> find him. Find, find him. Find him. Yes. <laughs> find him uh, and let him know the badass is here. And if you want access to that discord, patreon.com slash we have concerns. Just a dollar a month gets you access to the discord. And it's great, great folks and cool stories and all kinds mm-hmm. of delicious information. And as you, uh, as you give a little more, you get a little, a little more in, uh, in return. Things like early episodes, bonus episodes, bonus audio, all kinds of fun stuff. Even even extra science videos every month. Check out patreon.com slash we have concerns. Jeff, since we're talking about sort of meditation and mm-hmm. mindset, I'd like to bring up a classic, a classic philosophical problem. Ooh. I'd like to talk about the trolley problem. Oh, yes. One of my favorite ones to talk about. I think, didn't we do the trolley problem as one of the first episodes of We Have Concerns? Something similar to it. It was sort of the new new version of the trolley problem with regard to AI and yes, self-driving we were talking cars. About, yes, we were talking about self-driving cars and how they decide to handle the trolley problem. Right. Uh, when, a, when, when all the cars on the road are intelligent vehicles, uh, eventually... One of those intelligent vehicles will have to make a decision not based on saving everybody's life, but it will have to be like, hmm, statistically, how do I minimize death? Yeah. Uh, right. Which is fascinating. I mean, that's really what the trolley problem is about, right? The idea here, um, if, you've, if you've never heard about the trolley problem, most people have, is um, there is a trolley. You are at the control of the tracks, the track switcher. One track makes the trolley hit one person. If you switch to the other track, the trolley will hit five people. You cannot stop the trolley. What do you do? And, you know, most people, they make the sensible answer, right? Most people say, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the one person. (laughs) Like that's, (laughs) there's really, if you're telling me there's no way, then I guess my answer is I'm going to hit one person. Right. Right. But then, uh, so, so I think there's lots of wrinkles to it too, which is like, it was headed toward the five people. You have to make it yes. hit the one person. So you are actively deciding to kill that one person. Right. And then there are permutations of it, which is like, well, what if, what if that one person is, is, a, is a doctor that is about to cure, like you recognize that person and it's a doctor that's about to cure a disease. Right, right. Or what if it's somebody that you know, right? Yeah. Or right. all of these all of these little wrinkles that get added to the trolley problem that are like, how are you going to solve this problem? But one thing that we've seen with the trolley problem is across basically 
all societies, all cultures, no matter what their beliefs are, no matter what, no matter sort of the way they are set up or their ethical, moral, religious beliefs, everybody basically is like, well, you got to do the least bad if you can't do the most good. And I'm going to have to hit that one person. Right. Right. Now, because of this, people have been trying to figure out if there are other permutations to the trolley problem that can get people to answer something different, if there are versions of the trolley problem that can show differences between cultures, or if these things are so universal that there is no other answer to the trolley problem. How do we change the trolley problem to get different answers from different cultures is basically what this group has been looking into, Mm -hmm. right? So there are these researchers that decided to find out if permutations, if new permutations of the trolley problem can show differences between cultures. They surveyed 27,000 people in 45 different countries to figure out new versions of the trolley problem. Seems like a bunch of researchers that wanted to get free travel. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's what it sounds like. We need to go to 45 countries. We have to go. Submit the grant proposal. There's no way, there's no other way to do it. Like you couldn't just, wait, you couldn't just like zoom these people? No. No. You need to be looking another human in the eye, face to face, coming to grips with your ethical decisions. You can't do that over over a Zoom call, particularly when I turn on this hilarious filter that turns me into a puppy. (laughs) I need to be on the beach in the south of France asking people these questions. I need to ask wealthy, attractive people (laughs) these questions all around the world and then follow up with, are you single? How do you feel about scientists? Do you think stats are sexy? There's no other way to do this. Do you think philosophy degrees are hot or useless? (laughs) That's what I need to be there for. Turning the trolley problem into the trolley opportunity. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. So I'm going to give you these these other two versions of the trolley problem, right? So, um, okay, you're no longer on a trolley, Jeff. Oh, I like that trolley. Yeah, the trolley's gone. We're, We're moving forward. Uh, you are now in charge of a speedboat. Ooh, a speedboat. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, isn't that great? You're on a speedboat and, um, there are two groups of swimmers that are drowning. Hmm. One, okay, there's a group of two people and there's a group of six people. You can only reach one before they drown. Which, Which way do you go? Well... I would go to the six people to minimize the bad stuff, but you're going to tell me there's a wrinkle. No, there is no wrinkle. That's literally the whole thing. I'm going to save the six people if I can get there with my speedboat. Right? So like for me, my thought is, feels like the same question. Yeah. But there there is a slight difference to this question, right? Because in this version, you're helping. I have a sick speedboat. And you have a sick fucking speedboat. You can probably do like, probably do like cool donuts in it or whatever yeah. and like kick up kick up the wake real high after i save those six people and i become a hero they'll get to keep the speedboat i'm gonna say yes sick i'm gonna say yes i'm gonna say one of the people you save turned out to be the owner of the speedboat <gasps> it's the guy Wait. who runs the speedboat rental place <laughs> and he's and like he just was, keep it he's like keep it man you saved my life man it is um it's ironic that a guy who would own a speedboat rental company would not know how to swim, you know? It's not that he didn't know how to swim, Jeff. Maybe um, maybe his leg got caught or he got a cramp because he started swimming uh, more oh, than- Oh, he had, he had cheese the night before. He had, yeah, he had, a, he had a bunch of cheeses and he was bloating. It's uh, how we lost Michael Jordan. That's how Michael Jordan died. He drowned. <laughs> Have you watched The Last Dance? This I show haven't. is amazing. I clearly need to catch up on that. But you know what at they the say? end, at if, the end, if, everybody if, in his family is just like, "Why wouldn't he stop with the cheeses?" <laughs> we kept telling him. I was going to say, you know what they say? Keep uh, gambling when you're when you're bloating, you can't be floating. You know that's what the, that's what they say. Yeah, and you have to keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, but there is there is a fundamental 
difference in this question. Whereas in one, you are going to do, you're going to do harm no matter what you do. This is about saving people. Yes. And this so you're is being proactive instead of, instead of sort of just minimizing the harm you are. But I still don't see how my answer would, would change based on that. I, I, well, I, I'm still doing something. I, you know, I changed the, the track and the trolley. I'm doing something. One thing's interesting about it. Uh, hesitancy. Like the trolley problem requires, like people have a little bit of hesitancy. They're like, hmm, I don't really don't want to. And obviously the first thing people ask is, can I stop the trolley? Right. Like, are you sure there's no way to stop the trolley? Right. Like right, with right, the speedboat right. problem, there's no hesitancy at all because you're not, even though you are leaving people to die. Right. You're not thinking about it that way because it's not you're choosing who to hurt. You're choosing who to help everybody right. would be hurt. Right, right. If you did nothing, both parties die. Right. Whereas in the trolley problem, if you did nothing, still only one of the parties dies. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's you know, it's the problem that's given to every, every actor that's ever played Spider-Man. Right. But, you know, Spider-Man figures out how to save both. You're not Spider-Man is what we learned from this version. But I have a six-speed boat. You do have a six-speed boat and Spider-Man doesn't have that. Yeah, so, fuck you, Spider-Man. Yeah, eat shit, Peter Parker. Your job sucks. And I have a speedboat. So the the thing is, there's no hesitancy, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's the difference. Is like, And people have less guilt, right? The trolley problem leaves them with guilt. Shouldn't you still have guilt about the two people that you couldn't save? Shouldn't you be a little bit like Spider-Man in that sense? But it turns out most people aren't. These are a bunch really? of strangers. Like, it sucks that I couldn't save those people, but I'm not going to lose any sleep over it because I, I saved six I people. Yeah, I did what I could. Yeah, right. yeah. If the, if the building is on fire and you run in and you can only save, you know, the kitty cat, but the goldfish and the dog perish, mm -hmm. you did what you could. You did now, something sometimes heroic. you run into the burning building and you go to save an old lady and it turns out it's the green goblin. Oh man, I hate it when that happens. Now that's, that's a version of the problem that they did not bring up. But at the <laughs> same time, no, Spider-Man doesn't have to feel guilty about that, although he does have to feel guilty about getting caught by the Green Goblin. Yeah. That's yeah. a classic ethical problem. But, you know, in, in my own way, it's the same thing, because as I always say, with a sick speedboat comes great responsibility, you know? I always say with a sick speedboat comes sick jumps. <laughs> that too. And that's why one of us lives with a lot less guilt than the other. <laughs> now... Here's the second point. Here's the second permutation of this that they brought up. You're back on the trolley, Jeff. Um, I'm, I'm there's only now. your speedboat. Let's say your speedboat is in is docked and it's ready and it's ready for the weekend. But you're not at the you're not at the lake right now. I need to get to the get on the trolley to get. You're to the on lake. the trolley to get to the lake. Okay. Okay. I'm good. Okay. Good. Uh, this time there is no track switch, Jeff. <gasps> There are okay. five people on the track. They will die. There is no way to stop the trolley. But if you throw one person in front of the trolley, Jeff, it will derail and you'll save everyone. It'll uh, slow to a stop. So I'm going to guess that most people in this situation say they would throw themselves in front of the trolley. Right? Now, most people actually say that they don't think they could do it. They don't think they would do anything. Yeah. Because not everybody is Spider-Man 2. You know what I right. mean? That's yeah. a Spider-Man 2 situation. Once Clear again, all of these 2. things can be boiled down to Spider-Man. All philosophical problems can be boiled down to Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man 2, he puts himself in front of that train. And he's like, look, this might tear me in half. Yeah. And this might be the most on-the-nose Jesus imagery in any superhero movie ever. <laughs> Both of these things are fine because that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because I'm Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I would probably do something as long as it didn't reveal my secret identity. Yeah, Anybody. no. But I mean, I think even if you did, they'd be like, oh, he's just a kid. He's just a kid of 45. <laughs> yeah. He's just a kid of 45. Don't worry, kid. We won't, we're, you, we're all New Yorkers here and we won't give away that you're just a kid of 45. Yeah. And they'll um, pull, hoist me onto their shoulders and carry me. Yeah. Uh, Carry me like a, like a Christ-like figure. Yes. Yes, but older. Mm -hmm. Older than Christ. <laughs> much, much. Much older. Much older than Christ ever ever was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this one is very interesting. People won't do it. 
people will not. And this, this crosses cultures. This doesn't, there's no cultural difference here. This is just people are like, I'm not going to throw someone in front of the trolley, even if it'll save a lot of people. Basically. Yeah. Um, you don't go through the trolley and be like, Hey, who is the oldest person here? Right. Does any, does anybody here only have like 48 hours to live? Yeah, 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 exactly. Has like, anybody been diagnosed with a terminal disease? I'm sorry, but also you'd be super useful right now. Right. Like, is somebody here immune to trolleys? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Which in the Spider-Man world could happen. Could happen. You maybe uh, got bitten by a radioactive trolley. You don't know. But the thing is, they found that across all 45 countries, at just about every participant, we have an aversion to personal force. Yeah. We cannot cause any harm, right? And this is a thing that, once again, hey, if you want to bring it, if you want to bring it down to Spider-Man terms, talk about all these mad scientists. You talk about your, your Doc Ox, your Green Goblins. Hey, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yeah. Right. I'm here to save the world. And if I got to, if I got to hurt a couple people to do that, then we're going to have to do that. But it turns out that most people will not do that. Right. Yeah. Because we do see it as something that's villainous. If I push somebody in front of this trolley, that person will die, but I will save six lives. No, because that makes me a murderer. But right. leaving those people in the water doesn't make me a murderer because I didn't need to do, I didn't do anything that put them into their predicament. Yeah, they shouldn't have had all that cheese. They had too much cheese. It's all, it's all of the 1988 Chicago Bulls. <laughs> yeah, Because Michael Jordan was like, I'm not going out on, I'm not going out on the court again unless y'all eat the cheese. Man, him and his ultimatums. He would just make these ultimatums. He's like, I eat the cheese and look at the art of the dunk poster. Are I you eat gonna this eat the cheese, cheese and now I'm on your sneakers. Which one of us knows Bugs Bunny? Okay, eat the fucking cheese. What a tyrant Michael Jordan was. He was a tyrant. Just a terrible person to know. Now, I think that's, I think that's very fascinating because all of these situations are the same fundamentally, Jeff. Yeah. You are in all three of these situations responsible for the death of somebody. But it but it is very situational the way we see this. Yeah, it's I think not it's just of, a simple transaction. No, I I think that is interesting, and it, it is also kind of heartening to me that it is ubiquitous across all all cultures. It, it is it's constant. Mm -hmm. And and I and I gotta wonder if these scientists, you know, they went to forty five countries after like country thirty one. You think they mm -hmm. were like? All the answers have been consistent so far, but I don't know, man. There's like, should we, you think we should go to maybe, I don't know, like 14 more countries? I'm not married yet. <laughs> so the answer is yes. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you what else was a commonality. Everybody was like, ooh, philosophy, boring. <laughs> That's a callback to a previous episode. Now, <laughs> and so until we find somebody who's cool with philosophy and thinks this is awesome, we are using that grant money. Um, <laughs> but I do, they did say, like, they did not find across all countries, no matter what, like, this is not just in the West, this is not just, uh, this, you know, in the East, this is not just in what we can, would consider industrialized nations, this is across the planet. The, they said the biggest problem they had was explaining the trolley to... yeah to uh to societies that didn't have a trolley that didn't yeah. understand what that was they had I mean, to it was hard hard to explain the speedboat to to people that weren't near water you know so right like they were just like no it's a well it's a you can take the speed out of the boat i guess imagine and explain like it to most cultures thing imagine the sickest thing you could imagine you know like and, <laughs> and they and you know what they did these people who had never seen a speedboat they actually imagined a jet ski they went <laughs> one higher wow they were like, I mean, oh, like a jet ski is what I the, would call it. Those people do have a point. Let's be they honest. They do have a point. A jet ski is sicker than a speedboat. Uh, but I do think that's funny is like, they had to figure out how to explain a trolley. But other than that, everybody made the same answers. Everybody yeah. feels the same way. It's like, I cannot cause harm. It would be wrong for me to cause harm. Even indirectly. Yes. Right. But if I'm actively 
trying to do my best and harm happens at the same time, I'm not responsible for that. Yeah. I think that makes sense, right? That we have to, I don't think the expectation is you can do anything but your best, Mm -hmm. but your best can't be causing someone to die for every, every deciding that someone is going to die for the greater good is, is evil. I mean, that's that's not your decision to make, right? Yes, exactly. It's not your decision to make. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. You can't, you can't decide that you're going to, you can't decide that you're going to be the cause of the end of this person's life. But that's, but that's fascinating to me because like, you are sort of doing that in the first trolley problem. Yeah. In the original one. But I think in that situation, it's, it's what you're saying is, is it's inevitable. It's inevitable that one of these two groups is going to die. You're just just choosing between them. And the second one, it's a group is going to die and someone's going to stay safe, or you are going to remove someone from safety and ensure they die. You Mm -hmm. know, that you're actively changing their fate. Yeah. I think that, I think it's interesting. I, I, I think it's interesting that they expected that some societies would have a much more transactional view of this, right? a much more by the numbers view, a much more like it's always one person dying versus six. You always have, you know what I mean? It would be reasonable to believe that there would be some sort of, there would be a group of people or some society or some, or, or a way of thinking that would be like needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, no matter what you would think that there would be some sort of society like that. I think the conclusion is that there's something fundamentally human about these, these feelings that Mm -hmm. it it is, it is not something that is a construct of culture. It is something fundamentally, you know, at our core as a species that says, you know, we have to, we, we, we can't decide who lives and dies for someone else. That's not what we want, you know, at, at a human level. Yeah, absolutely. Unless of course, you're the amazing Spider-Man, in which case you're going to save them all, baby. You're going to do it. There's no trolley problem. There's just tro- a trolley adventure. That's right. You remember that amazing Spider-Man and the trolley adventure? That's my favorite episode <laughs> of yeah. the 90s cartoon. They were running yeah. out of money at that point, I think. <laughs> I if think I'm honest. I, can. I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> the Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> Let us know how you feel about these findings over on the Discord or on Twitter. I'm at A Carboni. I'm at Jeff Canada. We'd love to hear your solution for the trolley problem. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you've maybe you've got maybe you could Kobayashi Maru this thing. That's the other person who doesn't fail this shit. Captain Kirk. Never. Think about that. Yeah. Uh, and remember, if you've seen stories that uh, you would like to share with us, you can do so at wehaveconcernshow at gmail.com. You can do it on that Discord. You can do it on the subreddit, which is wehaveconcerns.reddit.com. And of course, if you want access to the Discord and all the other fancy stuff that entails, go to patreon.com slash wehaveconcerns. Do it. 